some suggestion as to how to bring this into our lives. Um, having a background in, in biology, I often think of the kind of boundaries around the retreat as ideally being uh, semi-permeable membranes. <coughs> in that there's something that happens in here on retreat that is uh, in some ways only accessible on retreat. Or typically we can only access, go into this kind of depth uh, on retreat. And yet we are quite clear that what we're doing on retreat is not about retreat. We don't practice meditation on retreat so that we're really good uh, at meditation on retreat. But rather, we're doing this so that we can embody a different... Uh, there's, uh, we do this so that we can have a uh, you know, different quality of, of being at home. I want to share a text. It's actually two texts. One is a comment on the other that I, I just love. It speaks to this practice, speaks to what we're doing, and it speaks to, I think, a couple of pitfalls along the way. So it's a, a, a midrash, it's sort of late midrash. And uh, here's what it says, the, here's the image. You have four of our rabbinic sages sitting around together. One of them is Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, who is the, the, the head one. He was the, the, the head teacher. And he has three of his students there. And he says, quick, what is a verse that contains the whole essence of the Torah? Come on, let's go, right? It's a, it's a wonderful question, right? Especially in tradition that feels so ridiculously filled with words. As one of my uh, teachers uh, in rabbinical school um, who we were studying rabbinic Hebrew, especially the Hebrew of the Sidur, he would always say this. He would say, this book desperately needed an editor. <laughs> because there's an incredible amount of repetition. There are so many words, so many ideas. And it's the kind of thing in which um, it, it's like, how do you summarize a vast corpus of material into one verse? But here they're going to try. So the first sage, Benzoma, who I should say, uh, one of the things we know about Benzoma is he had a sort of mystical uh, inclination. And so here's what Benzoma says. I have found a verse that contains the whole of the Torah. Shema Yisrael, Shem Elokeinu, Shem Echad. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Right, so maybe Benzoma is saying, that's a good answer, Right? Uh, it's maybe the answer many of us would have given. The Shema. Right? Oneness. Echad. God is one. This is the essence. Going to a place in which I can really feel like connected and one. Attentive with the Shema. You know, you've probably heard people refer to the Shema as the watchword of our faith. I don't really know what that means. But we say that, right? This is like, this is the most important thing we have. 
I don't know what watchword means. <laughs> but anyways. Ben Nana says, another sage, I have found a verse that contains the whole of the Torah. Ve'ahavta l'reacha kamocha. You will love your neighbor as yourself. As we've been chanting. Another great answer. Right? The, uh, the essential teaching of the Torah is that I should love my neighbor as myself. Which, as I pointed out the other day, has two parts to it, right? Loving myself and my neighbor. And as we know, if I have a deep sort of um, resentment uh, towards myself, if I have a uh, sort of a deficit in self-love, that will most likely uh, impact how I'm able to be loving towards others. We know this. And so within this verse, there's really the sense of not only being loving towards others, but also being loving towards oneself. A great answer. But there's more. Ben Pazi said, I found a verse that contains the whole of the Torah. Uh, you will sacrifice a lamb in the morning and another at dusk. This verse, we find it both in Exodus and in Numbers. Did anybody here think of that one? <laughs> the vegetarians. Right, vegetarians. And then Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, right, the teacher, he stands up and says, the law is according to Ben Pazi. Ah. <laughs> so here is, um, so we're going to hold on to that for a minute. And I'd like to share uh, a teaching that the great uh, Jewish-French philosopher Emmanuel Levinas uh, gives on this teaching. So real quickly, a, a little bit of background to Emmanuel Levinas. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant uh, thinker was a, a major student of uh, the German philosopher Heidegger. And uh, this is before World War II. <coughs> and uh, at that time, people were saying about Heidegger that he is like God. And Heidegger's philosophy, if you've ever read it, uh, or if you've ever tried to read it, it's very difficult, very, very difficult. Um, and it goes to a kind of metaphysical abstraction a sort of place of oneness. And Levinas was a student of this. And um, uh, then came the war, World War II. Levinas wa, uh, and his family were put in an internment camp in uh, France. Uh, he survived the war. Um, and during the war, Heidegger joined the Nazi party. This was a major... Uh, turning point for Levinas because he realized that if Heidegger could join the Nazi party then there was something inherently wrong in his philosophy. There was a danger in going to this place of abstraction and oneness and, and Levinas said uh, ethics has to become first philosophy. The ethical. And so after the war Levinas formulated and during the war a whole kind of philosophy, which I, to be honest, I feel like I understand only like a tiny bit of it, in which he says that um, he conceives of God not as uh, oneness, but as the other. 
capital O, other. And one of the things that Levinas says, and he's going to say it here at the beginning, is that it is impossible to go to the, to the ultimate other without first going to the proximate other. I cannot serve God without responding to my neighbor. This was a kind of baseline of his philosophy. Um, you know, James the other day said, Jewish theology is incredibly rich. This is one of the really interesting um, manifestations of contemporary Jewish theology. And Levinas has a lot to say um, um, in the context of, I think, primarily what we resonate with as, a, as a really a monism, uh, an idea in which we're affirming a oneness. And there's a lot more to say about this. I'm not going to take our time to do it now. But I, I think there's a lot worthwhile in this approach. And so this is what Levinas says. This is in 1957. In an essay called uh, A Religion for Adults. The justice rendered to the other, my neighbor, gives me an unsurpassable proximity to God. It is as intimate as the prayer and the liturgy which, without justice, are nothing. Meaning, I need to be responsive to my neighbor, the other, lowercase o, if I want to uh, worship, capital O, other, God. The way that leads to God, therefore, leads ipso facto, necessarily, and not in addition to man. And the way that leads to man draws us back to ritual discipline and self-education. So if I want to go to God, I first have to go to my neighbor. And if I want to go to my neighbor, I have to work on myself. Its greatness lies in its daily regularity. Here is a passage in which three opinions are given. The second indicates the way in which the first is true. And the third indicates the practical conditions of the second. We'll come back to that in a minute, like once we go through it, and it'll become clear. Ben Zoma said, I have found a verse that contains the whole of the Torah. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Ben Nana says, I found a verse that contains the whole of the Torah. You will love your neighbor as yourself. Ben Pazi said, I have found a verse that contains the whole of the Torah. The Torah. You will sacrifice a lamb in the morning and another at dusk. And Rabbi, their master, stood up and decided the laws according to Ben Pazi. Right, so, the sec so three opinions are given. The second indicates the way in which the first is true. So loving your neighbor as yourself is the way you get to the Shema. Loving your neighbor as yourself is just an idea unless you bring it into practice. So the third verse gives the practical conditions for the second. That's why, ben, that's why Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi says the law is according to Ben Pazi. Not to say that's the only one that's true, but he's saying that is where you start. That is the fundamental idea. You bring a lamb in the morning and a lamb in the evening. You bring your attention to your practice, to your life, day by day by day. And it affects how you are with your neighbors. It affects how you are with your, the people you live with. It affects how you speak to the person at the checkout counter, at shoppers. Right? And this is our practice. And that is how we get to Shema Yisrael. Hashem Echad. God is one. 
And so I wanted to offer this text, you know, just to finish it. The law is effort. The daily fidelity to the ritual gesture demands a courage that is calmer, nobler, and greater than that of the warrior. To show up, even when you don't feel like it. And to take three breaths mindfully. To sit meditation for five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, one minute. Day after day after day after day. To know that that, that fidelity to the, that regularity can help us really grow as human beings. So that we can get to these other places in which we are able to respond to the other. So that we are able to be present to those who need us. People have asked, uh, you know, isn't this sort of... Uh, people didn't use this language, but I've heard it before. Isn't it self-indulgent to be spending this time just meditating, focusing on ourselves? Only if we make it that way. And only if we make it that way. I am very clear with myself in my practice. I do this practice. I work on myself so that I can be with my kids in a different way, so I can drive differently, so I can... You get the point. And all those things lead me to a place in which I feel like I'm really able to come and affirm Adonai Echad, oneness of everything. And so this retreat was an opportunity to enter into this practice in a deep way. To bring a lamb in the morning and a lamb in the evening. As if each breath, each moment, is the opportunity to bring that lamb, that offering. And that lamb that we bring, each breath in and of itself, might feel like it's not important. But to have a sense that what we're doing, breath after breath, is moving us in this direction that we hope to go. Right? Eldon, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me, he shared with me this beautiful teaching that um, the Rizhner Rebbe said that um, it's as if each of us has a diamond within us. And then, like if you took that diamond and rolled it around in the mud and all that mud got caked on, similar to the, the Schmutz teaching. <laughs> right? And then this practice, it, we're, we're wiping away that, that mud, that schmutz, revealing that diamond, revealing that light. And with each breath, we can do that. With each footstep. Right? Each time we pick up the phone and we respond with presence, even if we don't want to. So let, we'll sit for, um, I guess you guys have been sitting for a while. Let's, what do you think? Just stretch. Okay, so here's what, we're, just in the interest of time, we'll sit for another minute. I really want to encourage you
with each breath. So bring that offering. each breath we are moving towards Vehafta Lereacha Kamocha Shema Israel Yeah, I die, 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 die. 